killing the world as they prove to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. When I'm killing, I'm always proving it's the same. Yeah, the hottest podcast out there. Oh, yes. Very informative. When I'm home, Tim, I'm always tuned in for days. He has the hottest podcast out here. When I'm home, Tim, in the world, I stay tuned to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. of the Israeli state and the Israeli people. After the 7th of October, the Black Saturday, with the biggest massacre in the last decades, were under the Hamas attack. More than 1,400 people murdered Babies, women, elderly people. We are also here to bring the voice of more than 220 people that kidnapped. I have behind part of their family that joined to the UN Council today. We say clearly and loudly, bring them home. They are civilians. Right now, while we are here, there are children, two years old, three years old. As hostages by the Hamas. Hamas is worse than ISIS. And like Chancellor Schultz says, they are the new Nazis. There is not two sides at this moment. There is only one side to support in front of the aggression of ISIS. Therefore, I decided to cancel my meeting with the Secretary General later on today. Since we need a clear and loud voice in regards to what happened. We're here to say never again, and I would like to thank all the countries to come to support Israel, President Biden, Chancellor Schultz, President Macron, Prime Minister Maloney and many others that understand that we are fighting 
for Israel, but we're also fighting for the entire free world. Otherwise, West will be the next. But we are determined to do everything to eliminate totally the Hamas. I also ask Qatar, which is financed for more than 10 years, Hamas, which is giving a harbor to the leaders of Hamas, to work to release all the hostages. It's in your hand. You are responsible to them. Do it immediately. Thank you all. I prefer that uh, after me, Ambassador Ardan will say a few words, but then after I think that it's more important to hear the families. There, thank you. Ambassador Ardan. Thank you, uh, Minister Cohen. Uh, I would like to uh, salute your uh, decision to cancel your meeting with the Secretary General. And I agree it is more important than all of us that you will hear the families that our loved ones are now uh, being held hostage in Gaza. I want to remind and maybe explain why there was a need to cancel the meeting because I've been serving here for the last three years and I saw and I felt the impartiality of the Secretary General and how how he gives the feelings that he doesn't care for this how he, he doesn't really care expressing empty words is not enough he doesn't really care for the suffering that the message the Arab world is hearing is loud and clear Palestinians lives matter less than Israeli ones our lives matter less than other lives. The application of international law is optional and human rights have boundaries. They stop at borders, they stop at races, and they stop at religions. That is a very, very dangerous message as the consequences of continued international apathy and inaction will be catastrophic on us all. My friends, we cannot let raw emotions dictate the moment. Our priorities today are clear and urgent. First, an immediate end to the war in Gaza, the protection of civilians and the adoption of a unified position that indiscriminately condemns the targeting of all civilians in line with our shared values and international law, which loses all value if it is implemented selectively. Second, the sustained and uninterrupted delivery of humanitarian aid, fuel, food, and medicines to the Gaza Strip. Third, the unequivocal rejection of the forced displacement or internal displacement of the Palestinians. This is a war crime according to international law and a red line for all of us. <clears throat> this conflict, my friends, did not start two weeks ago, and it will not stop if we continue down this blood-soaked path. We know all too well that it will only lead to more of the same, a zero-sum game of death and destruction, of hatred and hopelessness played on repeat. Today, Israel is literally starving civilians in Gaza but for decades, Palestinians have been starved of hope, of freedom, and a future. Because when the bombs stop falling, Israel is never held accountable. The injustices of occupation continue, and the world walks away. Until the next round of violence, the bloodshed we are witnessing today 
is a price of that, of failing to make tangible progress towards a political horizon that brings peace for Palestinians and Israelis alike. Israeli leadership must realize that there is no military solution to its security concerns, that it cannot continue to sideline the five million Palestinians living under its occupation, denied of their legitimate rights, and the Palestinian lives are no less valuable than Israeli lives. The Israeli leadership must realize once and for all that a state can never thrive if it is built on the foundations of injustice. Over the past 15 years, we have seen how the dreams of a two-state solution and the hopes of an entire generation have turned into despair. This has been the policy of hardline Israeli leadership to focus solely on security over peace and create new illegal realities on the ground that render an autonomous Palestinian state unviable. In the process, it has empowered extremists on both sides. But we must not, we cannot write off this conflict as too far gone for the sake of both the Palestinians and the Israelis. Our collective unified message to the Israeli people should be, we want a future of peace and security for you and for the Palestinians, where your children and Palestinian children should no longer live in fear. It is our duty as the international community to do whatever it takes to restart a meaningful political process that can take us to a just and sustainable peace on the basis of the two-state solution. There is no power, no water, no fuel. Food supplies are running dangerously low. Hospitals overwhelmed with patients and injured are running out of medicine. Morgues are, are overflowing with bodies. Bodies are buried in mass graves. Israel ordered 22 hospitals in Gaza to evacuate, an order that WHO labeled as a death sentence for the sick and injured. This includes newborn babies in incubators. Mr. Chair, two million Palestinian people live in Gaza. Half of them are children. But Israel is dropping exclusive explosives as no civilian live there and acting like everyone in Gaza deserve to be killed. The mass killing of civilians and the scale of destruction do not at all indicate a so-called collateral damage, but rather indiscriminate attacks against civilians. For 11 days now, the world has watching a member state of this organization brutally assaulting my people in the Gaza Strip. In 11 days, Israel killed more than 3,000 Palestinians, including 1,000 children, and injured many more, half of them women and children, by airstrikes directly hitting their homes. Israel has not spurred a single Palestinian family in Gaza. Those who were not killed are injured. Those who are not injured are displaced. And those had thought found a safe haven in Al Ahli Hospital was massacred. Does this make Israel feel more secure now? Does this fulfill the need for unconditional support to Israel? According to the UN, families in Gaza have been bombed by Israel while in their homes or on their way in search for a safe place along damaged roads following an Israeli evacuation order that left hundreds of thousands of people scrambling for safety, but with nowhere safe to go. Israel resorted to unlawful collective punishment as a method of war, intentionally cutting fuel, water, and electricity of Gaza, and blocking the entry of humanitarian aid. Entire residential neighborhoods have been razed to the ground. Homes, schools, UN facilities, health centers, hit by direct and intense Israeli airstrikes. 
aid workers have been targeted and killed. Rescue teams are struggling to carry out their missions amid continuous airstrikes, severe shortage of equipment, and limited or with no connection to mobile networks. There's no power, no water, no fuel. Food supplies are running dangerously low. Hospitals, overwhelmed with patients and injured, are running out of medicine. Morgues are are overflowing with bodies. Bodies are buried in mass graves. Israel ordered 22 hospitals in Gaza to evacuate, an order that WHO labeled as a death sentence for the sick and injured. This includes newborn babies in incubators. Mr. Chair, two million Palestinian people live in Gaza. Half of them are children. But Israel is dropping exclusive explosives as no civilian live there and acting like everyone in Gaza deserve to be killed. The mass killing of civilians and the scale of destruction do not at all indicate a so-called collateral damage, but rather indiscriminate attacks against civilians. What is this, if not barbaric and brutal? Whitewashing Israel crimes in advance by proclaiming that Israel is not responsible for the killing of Palestinian civilians is inhumane and irresponsible, and it undermines the most fundamental rules of our international law-based order. Those doing the killings are responsible for it. We call on you to stand against Israel's crimes, to stop the massacres against my people, to stop the epic human suffering, and to ensure respect for international humanitarian law. We are uh, grateful that the General Assembly, the bigger house, for all the nations, the small and the big, the poor and the rich, it, the General Assembly was more courageous, more uh, principled, and the, the, the President of the General Assembly, he was a brave man, met with us in the morning, and he defended traditions and norms of the General Assembly in dealing with issues related to the maintenance of international peace and security that required two-thirds majority and the General Assembly prevailed and sent the appropriate message not only to the Palestinian people that there is justice and fairness and international humanitarian law upholded by the General Assembly but also it sent a message to everyone, enough is enough, this war has to stop, the carnage against our people has to stop, and humanitarian assistance should begin to enter the uh, Gaza Strip with at least 100 truckloads of uh, humanitarian assistance and to stop the crime against humanity of forced transfer. I am so proud to be with this group, with my brothers and sisters, who carried Palestine high on their shoulders and they prevailed and they succeeded. All the congratulations, all the gratefulness from the Palestinian people, from the leadership of the Palestinian people, from the people of Gaza who are facing this war. We are grateful to you. You are true brothers and sisters to Palestine. We will never forget this position that you took during these days and the fairness that you demonstrated along with our brothers and sisters in the organization of Islamic cooperation and we prevailed, we succeeded, but this is only chapter one. Because this ground war, we have to maximize our efforts and our uh, energies in order to stop this war because it means more killing of children more killing of civilians, more destruction, more failing of hospitals, more failing of, of being able to have the sustenance of human beings. And we will be with them and we will do everything. We will continue knocking on the door of the Security Council. We need to go to the General Assembly if we need and we will and we will keep working with the secretary general and the president of the general assembly in order to stop this war 
against the 2.3 million Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. And we thank you as journalists in covering, you know, our story because some of the media which is blinded with one narrative is not fairly covering our story. Please cover it completely. Cover it comprehensively. Cover, cover you know, the massacres and the crimes committed against our people in Gaza. This can contribute in a decisive way to stop this war, and I thank you very much. Oh, Israel, how did you arrive here? How did you get in? Turkey sees you as an invader and an organization, Israel. We will declare you as a war criminal to the world. What's happening in Gaza is not a defense, but an open and despicable massacre. The dignified, determined and faithful stance displayed by the people of Gaza will go down in history as a glorious epic of resistance. Attention citizens of Gaza, listen carefully. This is an urgent military advisory from the Israel Defense Forces. For your immediate safety, we urge all residents of northern Gaza and Gaza City to temporarily relocate south. Let me repeat. We urge all residents of northern Gaza and Gaza City to relocate south immediately. This is a temporary measure. Moving back to northern Gaza will be possible once the intense hostilities end. Hamas puts your life in danger by placing weapons and forces within civilians' area in Gaza, including schools, mosques, and hospitals. The impending IDF operation is set to neutralize these threats of Hamas with precision and intensity. Humanity remains haunted by the massacre unleashed by Hamas on October 7th, a massacre of innocent lives, Israeli men, women, children, and babies were beheaded, executed, raped, and burnt alive. We won't forget that. And the kidnapping of over 200 Israelis we will not forget. To the residents of northern Gaza and Gaza City, your window to act is closing. Move south for your own safety. Move south. This is not a mere precaution. It is an urgent plea for the safety of the civilians in Gaza. We strongly warn against the uncontrollable consequences of the unlimited financial arms and operational supports by the White House to the Tel Aviv regime, which have led to the expansion and added to the severity of the bombardments of the civilians and the Palestinian women and children in Gaza and the West Bank. The current developments in Palestine also clearly prove that the only result of any normalization of relations with, the, with Tel Aviv is tantamount to ignoring the legitimate and historical rights of the Palestinian nation speak about the necessity of avoidance of an expansion of this conflict and of course the Islamic Republic of Iran we have never been after the expansion or the spread of war and we will never be supporting it but if in the truest sense of the word they don't want this war to spread out they need to pressure the Zionist regime to fully and immediately stop the war crimes of the Israeli regime if they don't want the conflict to spread out. The recent statements of the official and military authorities of the Zionist regime and its actions in Gaza prove that the killing of more than 7,000 civilians, of which more than 62% are children and women, and the wounding and maiming of more than 17,000 civilians, completely cutting off water, electricity, fuel, food, and medicine to a population of several million, and preventing any effective assistance to them, 
and brutally and extensively destroying residential places, mosques, churches, hospitals, and infrastructure facilities have been carried out completely, deliberately, and with an intent of revenge and collective punishment which are explicitly prohibited under international law and leave no room for doubt that these actions are a clear violation of international law and a clear example of the crime of aggression and war crimes and also crime against humanity and genocide. Mr. President, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the, the actions of the United States, too, which directly participates in this battle through financial and armed support, as well as direct military action and effective political support, are a clear violation of the Charter and in and international legal obligations of that country and and as a result hold it internationally responsible in addition why the united states itself is actually and in practice and directly involved in committing crimes against palestinians it is not in a position to invite others to exercise self-restraint and refrain from spreading the war. Therefore, we... Y'all see, fam? Y'all see all the mess that Israel in and all the treacherous mess that they continue doing? And they're supposed to be the children of God. They don't have no remorse. I guess they're going to have to kill up everybody because, you know, that's their thing. That's their narrative. That's what they want to do. But y'all got to realize Israel and the United States and Britain are the same people. They work under the same cover. So whatever y'all do, those three are already going to be in it. And we got to be mindful, fam. We got to be ready and we got to be diligent because time is getting near. The smoke is becoming spark. And we got to realize the earth is given to the hands of the wicked. And how wicked do, they show you how wicked do. What wicked say, they show you what wicked say. And how wicked feel, they show you how wicked feel. up this phase just trying to holler at y'all see what's going on had a lot on my mind reminiscing trying to figure out these things that are going on my mind trying to figure out some puzzles i'm not here to start nothing i ain't trying to start nothing just got some things that i want to get done some things that i want to get solved some things i want to enlighten myself with so maybe y'all take a time and to get the opportunity to stop by and listen to my thoughts. Hope so. Very intellectual. So, if you get time, just holler at me. I'm reminiscing all in my room. Just trying to figure out a whole lot of things. Until then, y'all have a great day. And thank you for coming in and listening to me. Thanks. I'm about to get on their ass this time. I'm about to get on their wrong. 
The police can kill a man on camera and get qualified immunity. And I'm tired of beefing with my own kind. I'm trying to find some unity. Tired of the foolery. The system abusing me. I got to ride with the tool of me. This shit ain't cool to me. But I'll be damned if I let you niggas make a fool of me. So I keep two on me. Uh, I done came a long way from the block with breakdowns. Finally opened my eyes when I had my daughter. Got tired of them shakedowns. The way I survived the game is still pain in my heart. I got a lot to say now. And I'ma show my whole ass on these motherfuckers. I ain't about to play around. Whatever happened to freedom of speech, cause they telling niggas what to say now. When guilty ass don't wanna hear the truth, try to act defended, shit pitiful. If I was you, I'd be miserable. This war we fighting is spiritual. In other words, I'm doing God's work when I turn thoughts into artwork. My words fly like darts work, specifically designed to hit the target. They don't even wanna teach history the way it's meant to be because the shit is heartless. I might not change the world, but it's a chance I can spark the brain that's gonna get it started. Many die for me to walk like this, for me to talk like this, but the peace to Marcus. Got my eyes behind the scope, and I ain't taking number headshots. I got great aim, but my four five still came with a red dot. I got in this game, and I put this bitch in the headlock. I believe, Senator, that we can stop the cartels. Okay, have you made that suggestion to President Biden? If I could, I believe that we can stop the cartels by... Have you made that suggestion to President Biden? Senator, I have been very vocal in the whole of government setting on the importance of fentanyl and all of us using every single effort and authority that we Why have. hasn't President Biden done it? I mean, th this is the way the American people whose sons and daughters are dying look at it. Our economy is $23 trillion. Mexico's economy is $1.3 trillion. Ours is 18 times bigger. We buy $400 billion every year from Mexico. Without the people of America, Mexico, figuratively speaking, would be eating cat food out of a can and living in a tent behind an outback. So why don't you and the president, embarrassing no one, Get on the phone and call President Lopez Obrador and make him a deal he can't refuse to allow our military and our law enforcement officials to go into Mexico and work with his to stop the cartels. Why don't you do that? See, this is the crafty counsel that they do, fam, and people from <clears throat> out of state. This is the crafty council that they be talking about and doing. Now, America got drugs, cocaine, and flooded it in the black community. Right? Ronald Reagan era. That's what they did to crack and all that other stuff. And they are the ruthless and the evilest people in this whole world. But they want to go off here and chastise somebody else's nation and they ain't even got their nation right this is the delusional state that the most high is telling you about these non-pigmentation people let's analyze senator what i am doing every single day is working with the incredible men and women of dea who are risking their lives across 334 offices worldwide. and i appreciate that but you're not do, you're not doing what would work why won't you do what will work senator we are why don't you call the president this afternoon and say mr president let's call let's call president lopez Obrador privately and make him a deal he can't refuse because we both know that president lopez Obrador has neither the, the, the ability nor the will to stop the cartels. But yet we go along and pretend that they're our friends. And Mexico is our friend. But he has criminal organizations that are killing our people. And you know how to stop it. And the president does. And you're not doing it. Senator, we are working every day to stop it. And we but you're not doing what would stop it. We are transforming and we are working in countless ways across the globe to do what needs to be done for the American people. And there is nothing that the You know, when it's important to you, you make it happen. When it's not important to you, you make an excuse. That's a question mark. 
I didn't understand your answer to Senator Blackburn, so I just wanted to come back to that for a second, if I could. She asked you if you participated in any meetings at all related to the Hunter Biden laptop. Was that a yes or a no? Uh, Senator, uh, as a Department of Justice employee bound by Section 1-7 of the Justice Manual, as well as a uh, judicial nominee, it's it's not appropriate for me, uh, and I'm I'm bound not why, to wait, talk wait, 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 wait. Why isn't it appropriate for you? It, See, when they in front, he in front of Congress, right? And look at all the crafty counsel. That when you're doing wicked stuff, that you don't want to reveal information, that you wrestle with the question. You wrestle with the answer. Because if if you open up and tell the question and the answer correctly and right, then they're gonna they're gonna lead to some uh-huh. But I want y'all to I want y'all to realize, fam, how crafty counsel works. Let's analyze. Judicial nominee? Does that have anything to do with any any case that you have, right? I'm asking you what you did in your former employment as the deputy chief of staff to the FBI director. Did you participate in any meetings related to the Hunter Biden laptop? Senator, uh, again, um, as a, a Department of Justice... It sounds like you're not going to answer me. Is this going to be a I'm not going to answer you type deal? Senator, I'm, I'm bound to follow the Code of Judicial Conduct. The Code of Judicial Justice, Conduct doesn't have Justice. any bearing on this question whatsoever. What possible bearing could it have? That's a question mark. Uh, well, Senator, uh, uh, as um, the Code of Judicial Conduct requires integrity and independence in the judiciary, it requires um, judicial uh, officers to... Uh, act with it's not a get out of jail free card when you don't want to answer questions when you're under oath before a committee who's considering you for a lifetime appointment to the federal bench i'm going to try one last time did you participate in any meetings during your time as deputy chief of staff or acting chief of staff related to the hunter biden laptop yes or no senator again i'm, I'm not permitted to answer oh you are permitted to answer you don't want to answer because it would be inconvenient for you and i have to tell you i find that extremely troubling Mr. Long, extremely troubling. Not a good start. Let's see if we can do better on a different topic. While you were at the Department of Justice, or at, sorry, at the FBI in your capacity as, as Deputy Chief of Staff and Acting Chief of Staff, did you ever observe FBI resources being used to monitor pro-life groups or pro-life individuals? No, Senator. I don't, I don't have any information about that. What about uh, Catholic parishes or Catholic groups? No, Senator. So, now, I notice you're happy to answer those questions, but you're not happy to answer the Hunter Biden question. They're not qualitatively different. I'd just like to note that for the record. Are you familiar with this memo generated by the FBI field office in February, sorry, in January of 2023 regarding the infiltration of Catholic parishes by the FBI? I'm sure you've seen this in the news. Uh, I, I've not seen that memo, but I've, I've seen news reports relating to that memo. Well, let me tell you what's in the memo. In the memo... The FBI field office in Richmond recommends infiltrating Catholic parishes that it deems traditionalists associated with the Latin Mass, recruiting FBI informants within those parishes to monitor speech within the parishes. The House Judiciary Committee has later learned, this is in a letter dated April 10th, 2023, that the FBI relied on at least one undercover agent to produce its analysis in this memo, and the FBI has proposed that its agents engage and outreach to Catholic parishes to develop sources among the clergy. Did any of this occur while you were at the FBI? Senator, I've not been at the FBI in over two my questions. Did any of this occur while you were at the FBI? Did you see anything like this happening while you were at the FBI? I did not, Senator. Do you think it's appropriate? Senator, I... I I haven't worked at the FBI and I'm, I'm not asking you that. Years. I'm asking you, do you think that this, do you think this is appropriate? Do you think it's appropriate to recruit informants in Catholic parishes? Senator, I don't know the circumstances underlying that memo. I have not reviewed that memo. It, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to comment on it. It's not appropriate for you to comment on whether or not the federal government of the United States should be infiltrating religious entities and organizations and trying to recruit informants and sources in the clergy. You don't have an opinion on that? You want a lifetime federal appointment to the judiciary 
to conduct impartial justice, but you can't say that this is inappropriate? You know, let me give you a refresher course. The Attorney General of the United States sat right where you were sitting, and he couldn't sitting, and he couldn't run away fast enough from this. He said it was a gross abuse of department authority. He claimed that it had never happened. He was not telling the truth, it turns out. But he said that if it was happening, he put a stop to it immediately. Immediately. Because it was grossly inconsistent with the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. Can you say that? Senator, that wasn't a, uh, that memo and the conduct that it relates to um, wasn't uh, anything that I would have discussed. I'm not asking you that. I'm asking you whether or not you can say as a jurist, as a lawyer, as a member of the bar, as an American, whether this is appropriate to be recruiting informants in Catholic churches, to be using federal government resources to go after clergy in Catholic churches to be designating and treating members of Catholic parishes as terrorists. Is that appropriate or not? Senator, again, uh, based upon my experience at the FBI, this was not something that we ever discussed. This was not, uh, I've never seen that memo before. It would not be appropriate for me to comment. I cannot believe your answers. I, I cannot believe that any, I can't believe anybody who would come before this committee would look at this and look at what they have tried to do and just listen to the attorney general for heaven's sake and would not say it's grossly inappropriate this should never happen i'm absolutely stunned by this committee would look at this and look at what they have tried to do and just listen to the attorney general for heaven's sake and would not say it's grossly inappropriate this should never happen i'm absolutely stunned by this and for that reason among others i i, I cannot support your nomination thank you mr chairman see fam See, the, see, the Caucasian, I mean, the non-pigmentation man wants you to go to court and tell the truth and be honest. And you hear how the non-pigmentation that in legal, legal ship, know the law and all that and how they doing it. These are the people that making the rules and regulations on how we live our life, y'all. And you can hear the crafty counsel. Then he got the nerve. Then he got the nerve to try to be a judge for a lifetime. Imagine if that dude is a judge for a lifetime, how hard it would be on a common man and common woman. You got to think about it. Think about it. Let's hear some more slick, crafty counseling, underhook, undercover, wicked ways stuff going on. Let's analyze. Yes. I don't recall. You were asked a year ago in writing, and you failed to answer it in writing. You knew damn well you're going to be asked it today, but you don't want to answer it. Senator Lee asked, why don't you report the numbers? You don't report the numbers because you don't want people to know the numbers. So the fact that you sit there and say, I don't know, he said 1,300. Is that number in the ballpark? 1,300 as it relates to which category, Senator? Biological males housed in female prisons. No, that would be a much larger number. Which is a larger number? So the number of individuals who even identify as transgender at the Federal Bureau of Prisons is around 1,700. And the number of individuals that are housed in institutions not conforming with their biological sex are very low. Uh, very low. Are we talking 100? Are we talking 10? Are I we? I, we will look at the numbers. We're talking less than 10. So you, your testimony here, I just want to understand, your testimony here today is there are fewer than 10 biological males, human beings that were born male, who are housed in the female prisons. Is that your testimony? That is my understanding, and I will confirm that and get back to you. Okay. Of the 1,700 uh, prisoners you referenced, uh, how many of them are convicted sex offenders? I do not know the answer to that, Senator. Uh, are you aware that... that uh, Great Britain's numbers, according to a January 2022 report, is the proportion of male-born tra uh, transgender offenders who are sex offenders in the UK prison system is roughly 60 percent. 
significantly higher than the 18% of the general population? Are those numbers consistent with the American numbers? I haven't, I'm not familiar with Great Britain's numbers. So let me ask you this. How many female inmates have been sexually assaulted by biological males who BOP has housed in female prisons? Senator, I would have to look into that and get back to you. Uh, do you have an obligation to protect those female prisoners? Absolutely. And so have you examined how many women have been sexually assaulted by biological males that BOP has placed in the prison with those women? I have not, Senator, but I will tell you that safety and security and the placement of every individual in our custody is top of mind and the most important. So if it's top of mind, why haven't you examined how many, how many have been sexually assaulted? This is an obvious question. If you put a man with male genitals, with a male body in a female prison who's a convicted sex offender, it's not rocket science that there's a real risk those women are going to be victims of sexual assault. How is it possible that you haven't even asked the question how many women are getting sexually assaulted because of the policies of the Biden administration? Senator, I assure you that safety and security of these individuals are top of mind. And if so there, you haven't asked the question. If there was misconduct, those individuals would be held accountable. Now you see, fam, how far the transgender thing is going. Any man could be a sex offender. Any man could say he's transgender and love women and go into prison and knock out boots all day. He'd be in heaven. You see how Obama and all this other crisis that Obama opened up the doors to to make this happen? Telling you, man, the earth is given to the hands of the wicked and you don't think that's right? Or do you think it's right? Oh, it don't matter. Let's analyze. Well, sometimes President Biden uh, just cannot stop himself. During a speech today about the economy, he told at least two lies that have already been debunked. And Joe Biden was wrong. I don't know that he was lying about it. He might not have been told by Hunter, but this blind spot is a problem. Look at these leads for Donald Trump. He said 62% of the CBS News YouGov poll, 57% in Quinnipiac University, 53% of the Fox News poll. Uh, the president has spoken to this issue a number of times in, in recent weeks. He, we he has he not looked, John, totally different story than a few weeks ago, right? I mean, why isn't he out there now? Kabul fell yesterday. Where is the president? Uh, I mean, President Biden keeps trying to change the subject. If you withdraw 2,500 troops and then you have to send 6,000 back, that's not planned. Right. That's on its face an example of a failure. You're asking me about the polling. You're asking me why we. Yeah, think, I mean, to that, uh, he's, he's underwater in Wisconsin. Translate? You're talking about Wisconsin. He's underwater in Wisconsin. No, I know and I understand it. But the Justice Department and Weiss denied what the whistleblowers were saying. But this move makes it seem as though, well, maybe the whistleblowers were right. Politically, it uh, removes some of the moral high ground that he might have against, you know, all the Trump accusations. That he was, in fact, paid substantial sums uh, from Chinese companies. Trump was right. I mean, he did make a fortune from China, and Joe Biden was wrong. This is not cancel culture. Uh, this group... They themselves said in the aftermath of the Hamas attack that they don't just stand in solidarity, that they are part uh, of this Hamas movement. And so, yeah, you have a right to go out and demonstrate, but you can't provide material support to terrorism. They've linked themselves to Hamas, and so we absolutely decertified them. Uh, they should not get one red cent of taxpayer dollars. Uh, and we also have strong laws in Florida against fundraising for groups like Hamas, and we are enforcing those vigorously. It's not a First Amendment issue. That's a material support to terrorism issue. Yeah, just to be clear, you're citing the Florida law that says one cannot give material aid or resources to a terrorist organization. Do you have any support that they're actually doing that? Their own words are saying they're part of this organization, that they don't just stand in solidarity, that they don't just support what they did, but that this is their movement, too. So once you hit your wagon to a group like Hamas, uh, that takes you out of the realm uh, of normal activity. And that's something that, that we're going to take action against. So we believe we're totally justified within the law. Um, and I think things like this have been litigated time and again. But here's the, here's the broader point. You know, are we just going to uh, commit suicide as a country? Uh, 
um, and let groups metastasize who are openly siding with brutal terrorist organizations. I don't think that's a recipe for a successful country. Uh, I want to have a country where we're protected from that stuff. So I think we made the right decision. I stand by it 100 percent. They used to, they like to use this word all the time. The non-pigmentation man and the non-pigmentation woman. Terror. The non-pigmentation man and the non-pigmentation woman. When they use that word fam out there in the world, y'all shouldn't even pay attention to it. Because their whole whole work they whole mindset and everything they built is on terror destroying people lives cooking people robbing people eating people hanging people blowing up people countries and then they got a nerve to call other people terrorists and they can't even look at themselves in their mirror and thinking they holy I'm gonna, and, 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 and what I got to say about this war, y'all, I've been looking, I've been listening to the um, non-pigmentation people as they talking about this war, Israel, and they want to call the other, the other people Terrorists, they trying to muddy their name up. That's what they do, y'all. But check this out, though. I was listening to this earlier this morning on this pod on the um on TikTok because I'll be trying to get trying to get up to my seven thousand. So hopefully y'all continue listening to this, passing this around, and um giving it to your people, man. Y'all gotta start passing this stuff around so our family member. Or whoever needs to know what's really going on in this world, man. Sharing is caring, man. And if they don't take it, hey, that's on them. But you put it on the table. You ain't got to beg nobody to to listen or convince them. Put it on the table if they don't want to listen, hey. Because at the end of the day, the people that you know and the people that you love is not going to make it. And you shouldn't spend all your time trying to convince them and all your energy. And then when it's time for it, you done, you up in the, in the rattle because you done try to convince or drag people along. No. But I heard this Caucasian guy say about the war on Pakistan. He said, and this is some crafty counsel. Israel should come to the table and talk to Pakistan and, and, and the other groups that they fight. Right? And if they do that, they'll win. So they should go on the table and talk to them. And then if the other group don't want to talk to them, then they can lane them as, see, they don't want to talk. They don't want to talk. They don't want to talk. And show the world that they the evil one. Right? He was t- he was saying that right. And if they want to continue to fight. They'll show the world that they the evil one. And Israel should justify to do what they doing. Only thing they had to do is come to the table and talk. And when they come to the table and talk. They going to win. Because they going to manipulate them however. Because he's saying they ain't gonna, once they start this fight with uh, Israel, Muslim fighting, that Israel is not gonna win. And Iran and Turkey and all them, they they got fighters out there. And the people in Israel, when the Muslims unite and go against the grain of Israel, Israel is not gonna make it. So that's why he said they need to come to the table and then they could talk and then they still can manipulate them people as well. And then and there's no, there's no 
is no more standards, more grounds, or any other uplift for the pack for the people over there in Pakistan. So that's the craft the council. They want y'all come to the table. And then when y'all come to the table, y'all gonna end up where y'all at again. Because you can't continue rubbing on somebody, begging somebody, pleading with somebody, trying to do the right thing with somebody, and all they do is spit in your face every time you're trying to do it. So when is the spit going to be the last spit you spit in my face? Now, when I'm all wired up, when I'm all mad, now you want to talk peace talk. Now you want to do your little crafty counsel of manipulation. Hey, that's on y'all, man, because we already know the black man and the black woman in America, we already know what the show is. We already know the crafty counsel that they do. And, and what the crafty counsel, what they did, fam, so messed up, and this still kicking me in the head like a mule. And if you don't believe me, surf my podcast, and you'll find the information and the website to see if it's true. When, when Jesse Jackson quote changed our identity to African America. That wasn't, that wasn't a good move. It was a good move for the non-pigmentation man and the non-pigmentation woman. Because African American is packed. So all black men and all black women who has the African-American tag on them, is packed. And they don't even know it, fam. I ain't know So these are the crafty counsels that they do on us. And y'all sitting up, well, they said this. They said this. Yo. These people right here killed killed my nation, man. Destroyed my nation. They didn't kill it. They destroyed it. And when my nation was trying to build and revive themselves, the United States government declared war on our nation in America. Blew up our Black Wall Street. Flooded our land. Killed and murdered our people. Um, um, you know, rushed them, um, scattered them out of their house so they don't come back, took their land. And they caught, they got a nerve to call people terrorists, y'all. Now, when you flip this history book about what the Caucasian man did, what he's capable of doing, and what he's continued doing. See how much good in it. And see how much good bad in it. And weigh the option. I guarantee you. 99.5% of it is evil. Wicked. Crafty counseling. And everybody in this world. That listen to him. Believe everything they say. Look at, look at the world now. Got the knee in their neck. The whole world got their knee in their neck. They walking around here with a knee in their neck. What's up, man? Nothing. Just got that knee in my neck. Me too, man. Shit, you got a remedy to get that knee on my neck? What's up, sister? Chillin'. Just got this knee in my neck. Yeah. 
Damn, you need to put some lotion on that knee on that neck. Kind of ashy. You know, walking around here with a knee in your neck. And how? Then I'm asking everybody in this in this world who in the nation. Who give the Caucasian man, the non-pigmentation man, and the non-pigmentation woman the right to be the police of this world? They come over here in somebody else's country. Oh, you got to you got to legalize homosexuality. We coming in your nation telling you what to do. Who is, see, the Bible, the Bible saying book of Obadiah, one book, they say, who will bring me down to the ground? Who is the only people that say that? Only a boy. Who going to bring me down then? Who going to do it? Who got the skill to do it? But hey. You know, it ain't no good move for Pakistan. It ain't good. It ain't no good news for the people that don't want this mess to start. But in order for mess to start, mess gotta start. If mess don't start, the Bible is a lie. Because the Bible says it's going to be nations against nations. And you know, and and the big people who jock in position in the nation, America, Russia, China, and the Muslim countries, they trying to jock for strong position. But it ain't going to happen. These things are not going to happen. They can talk all they want to. They can muscle up all they want to. They, They can make nuclear bombs all they want to. They can go with all this slick stuff and crafty counseling all they want to. We got next, man. Regardless of what them clown thinking. Because I already know. Russia is not stronger than the black man and the black woman. I already know. Them Arabs and them Muslims up there ain't stronger and wilder than them brothers. The, the black man and the black woman in America. I already know. China, Korea, Japan, and the rest of all them nations out there that I called on, you ain't stronger than the black man and the black woman in this America. That's what y'all feel we're like. We're the children of God. We're the true children of God. And if we're the true children of God, we have special things that the Most High gave us. And if you ain't read all these wars that our forefathers had in the the Old Testament to show them how they conquered people's land. And then this is the thing that most of y'all don't realize. If the Most High loved everybody and he was a loving God, why did he tell Israel when Israel went and go raid other people, land and country, he telling them, kill them all off. He said, kill them. That's what the Most High told him. And then when Israel 
Don't kill them. All of them feeling sorry. And they don't do it. Then the most high is mad and going to chastise. Read the book. Read the book. So why is the most high telling him to kill everybody, animals and everything? And these people talking about our God. They don't know nothing about our God. These people think they know it. Yahweh, Yahweh Shah. The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He didn't say the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and everybody else. Why didn't why did the scripture say that, y'all? And why did the scripture say the promise will be in Jacob? Jacob had 12 sons. And you can imagine if you got 12 sons, how big that doggone family gonna be in 20 years. How big that family gonna be in 40 years. How big that family gonna be in 60 years. How big that family gonna be in a hundred years. So how long did they stay in Egypt? How long those 12 sons stay in Egypt? So all these other nations with all that folly and all these other nations plotting on hurting the black man, the black woman, the Latino man, the Latino woman, the Native Indian man, and the Native Indian woman. If you hit, touch any three of those, your, your Dalmatian is going to be gone. Because we're the true children of God. The Most High already put us in our captivity. The Most High already put us on our punishment. The Most High getting us ready to get back into our rightful place in this world. So, uh, you can believe what you want to believe. You can feel the way you want to feel. But you're going to see the truth. And the truth going to let you free. Study the Bible so I know it well. Yeah, can't let nobody make myself a cell. Can't even lie, yeah, I still struggle, but I know myself. I fear God, I told him I don't want to go to hell. Pray for the sermon, I'll be asking what's the gift in me. Must be this music, cause the world think I'm so sick with it. I switch my style, some people love it, some trying to get with it. I think what matters most is I'm living out what's God written. I make mistakes, but I embrace them, I'm still human. I escape from that place that made me feel ruined. So every day I still chase what I think I'm losing. And pray to God in the end that I don't look stupid. Why do I feel I'm unable, double-minded, I'm unstable? Wanna put all me on the table so God can make me an angel. Was living life like Cain cause I was jealous of Abel. God told me, look up, child, I just want to save you. I need to hear your voice in life so I could get through this. For you, I shoot for the stars every time and I don't miss. Every time I drop a hit, I still don't feel the bliss. And deep down, I know it's only because I'm still living in sin. You transform my pen, they laughed at me, now I'm laughing with them. Transform my gifts so now I can't even rap with them. I need to use my talents because the devil be distracting them.